enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Aaron, and I will be your host tonight as we discuss, once again, all things geek. There's no real topic to this episode, but I got some fantastic guests that you guys are going to love. Uh, the Temple of Geek Podcast, we've been around since 2012. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms and all things geek. To our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. For our first-time listeners, welcome to the show. With me today, uh, we're back to the two-guest format, everybody. We had two weeks where we just had one person, but now we're back to the whole party party effect. We've got Yell and Chelsea, the hosts of Stream Wars on YouTube. You guys, welcome to the show. Uh, it, we it was a it was a time trying to schedule this, but I'm glad we got everybody on. Yeah, I, uh, thank you for working with us, and we're so excited to be here. Absolutely, no, no, it's it's no problem working with you guys because like, we're all in the entertainment industry. So, like, you know, some weeks are better than others. You know, some days are better than others. And speaking of weeks, we've had a crazy one this week. Uh, once again, I'm recording this episode during election week. Apparently, it used to be election <laughs> day. And, now we're going through election week. We're not going to harp on that too much on the show, but, you know, it, it is a topic. So how, how are you guys coping this week? Is everything good on you guys' end? Is everything cool? I, I think t- Tuesday I wanted to crawl under my covers and cry and not come out. Wednesday I had like an evil grin on my face, and now I'm just in party <laughs> mode. There you go. I, I've just been keeping busy. You just got to not have time to refresh. You just got to be doing yeah. stuff the whole time. Yeah, and, and to quote one of my friends, uh, Genevieve Rice, she she posted up one of the funniest status I said. She said, "Shout out, shout out to the refresh button because he's been doing the most." And and that that's nothing but true. Everybody's been pounding on that refresh button and stuff. And again, like you said, it, it I distracted myself a lot this week. I started rewatching all the Netflix Marvel shows. Uh, realized that I totally skipped season two of Daredevil, so I'm watching that now. And wow, it's pretty good. So other than that's that, an amazing discovery to realize that you have another season of Daredevil you never watched. Yo, I'm kind of jealous. I know, right? It's like, oh wow, this it's not over for me. <laughs> you know? So Yeah, I'm definitely jealous. I, I watched all of it and now it's it's all done. Can't have more. So sad. Uh to be honest though, I did not watch either season of The Punisher though. I, I that's personal reasons i you, know, you just reminded me that i never finished punisher there you go but like i personally <laughs> i've never been into the punisher and it's a lot of other social stuff that goes on with that character and what he means to a bunch of groups of people that i just never got into so i just consciously decided to not watch it you know so i hear it's good and that's great but you know it, it's it's not the peanut butter to my jelly so that's that's uh, very reasonable. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. So, um, tell us about Streaming Wars because I've watched it. It's it's great. So just tell just tell the listeners yeah. who probably haven't seen it. Tell them what they can expect, what you guys are doing, and what you guys are bringing to the table in the world. Well, Streaming Wars was born out of my passion for not understanding what these streaming services are doing because it seems like everyone's just got a bad business model. They're throwing away money or they can't figure out how to manage licenses or 
Like I, it, it was just a constant confusing situation that the entertainment industry is trying to decipher and wade through right now. And you've got linear TV holding on for dear life and Netflix just throwing money at anybody that has an idea. And uh, I was talking to Junior, our producer at that hashtag show, and he was like, I would love for this to be like a series. And I was like, you want to give me an outlet to talk about the thing I love talking about more than anything? Okay. And I called Yale and was like, I don't want to do this alone. And I love Yale. I've known her for a long time. And she was fortunately down to do it with me. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea said, uh, you want to talk about TV? And I went, that's what I do. So <laughs> I was I was like, I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and I, I really love you guys' show structure, too, because like you'll have like certain episodes where you talk about a bunch of different streaming shows and what you guys liked about them and give sort of reviews on them. And then you'll talk about why you need what streaming service and stuff. And I, I just recently watched one and I'm now I'm really contemplating on getting Peacock. Uh, not even just because of the Stay by the Bell uh, reboot, but just because Peacock kind of sounds cool, and I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and they taking all my HBO Harry Potters and moving them over. So, thank you guys for that. You're welcome, but I, I will say that it's only a temporary move to Peacock with the Harry Potters, and it's 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 actually really funny that you said I'm contemplating Peacock because I think Yale and I both just had our jaw dropping, our eyes get really big because we're currently in the place of. What is the point of Peacock? Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Why I honest, is Peacock? I, honestly, I don't get it either. It popped up on my PlayStation. Like, you know how like PlayStation will give recommendations on what apps you should get? Yeah, it just randomly you- tells you you need to start watching Pluto TV or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I thought I had it already. And I'm like, my wife was bringing up, it's like, when did we get this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just there. So, and then I saw, like, the trailer to the new Saved by the Bell series, and uh, I have a really funny anecdote about, like, Saved by the Bell, which it just recently came back into my life. Uh, but I was like, huh, this kind of looks cool, and it follows that whole old TV trope that literally nobody leaves this universe. So, like, they're bringing back old cast members as teachers at this high school and stuff. It's kind of like how in Boy Meets World, if you watch it differently... Mr. Feeney is stalking the hell out of uh, Corey Matthews. <laughs> like, I rewatched it as an adult and I was like, why is he so obsessed with this boy? So, but yeah. yeah there are a lot of shows that if you rewatch it and, and think about how involved the teachers get with the students, and I'm an SVU fan, so my brain immediately goes yeah. there. There's something inappropriate with Dumbledore and Harry. There's something inappropriate with, uh, you know, with um, Mr. Belding. There's there's inappropriate yes. stuff happening. <laughs> it's it's a ton of inappropriate stuff happening with like some of these teachers in schools and stuff. And then we and no one brings it up at all. Like I was looking through my Facebook memories today. Funny you bring this up. And a year ago, my wife and I, uh, we were watching Greece and. What I was just watching it as an adult again. It's like the first time I watched Greece as an adult. And I was like, wow, these people look really old to be in high school. What is happening here? <laughs> you know? So it, it, it was, it's one of those things where like, yeah, Mr. Feeney is totally stalk, stalking Corey Matthews. And it makes for a better show, too, because now I'm watching something different from a different perspective. Um, 
It really does. That's just how my mind is, especially with like everything going on now with the global situation and all that. You got to find be- new and better ways to entertain yourselves. And yeah, you guys. I mean, that, all- that's also been something that's been really fascinating during this pandemic uh-huh. is that everyone was at home stuck watching TV. And I remember thinking somewhere in April going when this isn't going to last, we're going to run out of things to watch. Yeah. No one's filming right now. No we're going to get to the end of the year and there's going to be no new shows. And then Netflix just went, that's what you think. Right. <laughs> and they just keep releasing like 30 to 40 originals every week. And it's just mind blowing to me. It's not, and I'm and I'm wondering how they actually found the time to film all of that stuff, or if this just uh, all the stuff that they were just paying for. Like, remember that one year where anybody who had an idea went to Netflix yeah. and they got a ton of money. That that whole it's, joke. Hello, Netflix. You're greenlit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like South Park had a whole episode about that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I definitely think they've been sitting on a mound of content, and the thing that we've both been re- realizing recently is that not just Netflix, but Amazon starting to do it too, and and some of the other services are buying up all of the minor theatrical films that should have been released this year and adding them to their service. So, in, besides whatever content they were already planning on this year, they're now also like almost doubling their content. Uh, and now productions are back and they're they're booming here in Los Angeles. I can only speak for here in a way that hasn't happened in at least 10 years. So I can only imagine it's like this everywhere. So I don't think this flood of content is going to stop. Which is kind of awesome because like, again, we were going to run out of things to watch. Like if we if we didn't know how much stuff Netflix has stockpiled or how much stuff Amazon was going to end up putting out and yeah a lot of those minor movies and then like old b movies out of nowhere just came out and just got released out like i saw people under the stairs which if you understand that movie either you from the hood or you old as hell or both uh <laughs> <laughs> like people under the stairs came up under a streaming service and i was like huh i might want to watch that but that that's it's one of the scariest movies ever if you've never watched it before but and Wes Craven directed it, which I just found that out like maybe a couple weeks ago. I also kind of feel like there's uh, all these B movies and C movies that are being treated like A movies right now, because yeah. what else are we going to do? Like exactly. some of these films would have come and gone and no one would have thought anything about them had this pandemic right. not hit. Like Bill and Ted. I will say, I, will say, I think that there is, um, you know, a, a slew of things that we've all put on our list in air quotes when someone recommends it to us. And that's the other benefit. In addition mm-hmm. to all of the new stuff, I finally got to binge things that I had never seen that everyone else had, right? I sat, I spent my first chunk of the pandemic watching The West Wing. Like that's a show that was not of interest to me, but everybody loves it. So I watched it. And I think that there's, in addition to the new content, there's old content that people are rediscovering or going, well, I always said I didn't have the time and now I literally have nothing else to do. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Uh, to, to go back on the, the Peacock point for a second, I also did want to say as much as we're both kind of like, what's the point of Peacock? I do think Peacock has potential to change once their original plan of originals that were supposed to be available in July, but then the pandemic hit. Once right. those start rolling out, Maybe Peacock will actually have some more relevance. 
Possibly. Yeah, the Saved by the Bell original seems to be uh, so far the only thing that makes Peacocks of interest to me. Yeah. Yes. Because other than that, like what I've seen, what they had, I'm like, huh, do I really want to pay $14.99 just to see a Saved by the Bell reboot? Which, again, Saved by the Bell in, back in my heyday was about like 25 years ago. So it's like, uh, do I really want to hold on to that kind of nostalgia? Or can I just can I honestly just wait until like it's literally anywhere else for free? You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a real good chance it ends up airing on NBC the way that um, CBS All Access released most of their stuff on TV as well. Right. That's fair. And also we're seeing a big trend of Peacock releasing originals with Hulu. So they're on Hulu at the same time. So if you have Hulu, you might end up being able to watch it there. Right. And and I have Hulu. So what's the point at this point? You know, Um I still stick by the fact that the only thing I care about on Peacock is live football matches. And when I say football, I mean soccer, because that's the only uh, football that matters to me. Exactly. Because <laughs> I was about to say, if you have Amazon Prime and you want um, American football, you can watch American football on Amazon Prime. So that's another benefit of that. Uh, but so and we'll, we'll get back to the football uh, slash soccer for the heathens. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> Because I call it football, we'll put, too. We'll put a pin in it for we'll now. We'll put a pin in that. We'll get back to that in just a second. Now, um, so this year is has been a year, and we've all been streaming a lot of things. Uh, did you guys did you guys complete the boys? I know I know you guys watched the first three episodes. Did you guys watch the entire series? I think I'm one episode behind right now. I think I haven't watched the finale. Okay. I uh, watched all of it. Um, I cover it for a different show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I cover it for this one. So I watched like I, I was supposed to only watch the first three episodes and then report on it. But I had access to all eight. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish this and only just talk about the first <laughs> three. Um, Were you guys familiar with the boys before? Oh, yeah. Uh, the show? Okay, cool, cool. Perfect. So yeah. Uh, Yale, you too? No, I um only learned about it uh, at Comic-Con before it released the first season. Okay. Um, and then. I like a show that is bananas, um, that does weird things that you go, why would anyone do that? And so this show really fulfills that. Yeah, it it really does. And then the comic is even more wild when you really think about it. Like certain things in the show are toned down versions of what happens in the comic and stuff, which I like. Um, Certain things have to be different based on what's already been established in the show than the comic, too. Like, uh, one of my favorite characters, uh, Black Noir, is going to be completely different from the comics, which I'm I'm completely happy about. I've accepted that. Um, <laughs> I've, sometimes, I've, sometimes change is, is good, sometimes. And that particular change, I'm not going to give away the comic book spoiler to it. That particular change is is way better, you know? Yeah, uh, I also I you know I read about the changes with um, Stormfront, and I think that it was an interesting decision to make yes. this change. And I really, I like what they ended up doing. Yeah, me too. And and you're and you haven't you you say you're an episode behind uh, Chelsea. Yes, I have okay. not seen the finale yet. I okay. literally, as the finale aired, is when I picked up. Uh, I'm currently filming a new series, so I've, I've oh, been crazy okay. on set. Gotcha. 
but yeah, that that ending is is something else. You, you you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it, or you're gonna be like what, or you're gonna be like what I saw that coming already. One of those three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of so those. you're gonna have a reaction. It's gonna be something. It's gonna be something. That that's the most honest answer you can give. You're gonna react to it in some way. Um, what other shows are you guys stream? What other shows are you guys binge watching? What are you guys streaming or whatnot? Uh, I mean, right now, and it's really funny because I'm a huge Disney person and Disney Plus has not really been hitting it for me during this pandemic. But right now they're totally hitting it for me with the right stuff. There's new episodes every Friday, which I think is the best scripted series uh, that Disney Plus has done yet. Best original. Um, And then The Mandalorian, obviously. I mean, Mm -hmm. the, The Child. I I got I wrapped from set at three in the morning last night. And came home and immediately watched The Mandalorian. No, it didn't matter that I had been awake for nearly 24 hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm uh, binging things I can't talk about yet. <laughs> oh, okay. There, There is that. I've been watching a lot of holiday content as well that is yet to come. Um, yeah. Those yeah. In, those NDAs are no joke. Yeah. Right. I, I've... Uh, two shows that I'm currently binging um, one on Netflix, one on Amazon. And I literally can't even tell you what they're called. Oh, wow. What, what about stuff from earlier this year that you liked? Um, I went back and watched lock and key, um, which was a Netflix show that if you have been following lock and key, that was supposed to be a Fox show like three or four years ago. Yeah. And it got, you know, it got canceled and then it was going to be a Hulu show, I think. And and it went around and now it's a Netflix series. And I really was surprised at how much I loved it um, because it does have a little bit of spooky scariness. And I am the biggest wuss um, and don't like scary. So I was going crazy for Lock and Key and think that people should be checking it out so that it doesn't get canceled because Netflix has a habit of being like, well, we're done with this. Yeah. Netflix is like, oh, you know, we like this toy, but we got a new shiny toy over here, even though this toy is perfectly well and has all its pieces and moving in the right direction. Uh, I'm I'm very bitter about my Marvel shows, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Well, I, I don't think that's the end of the Marvel shows. I really do believe that Kevin Feige has a plan and that we're going to see this tie in to the actual MCU now, you know, like let's wait and see what happens with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then when those drop and we've officially hit the contract period where they're allowed to bring X-Men and the other properties into the MCU. So let's see what happens. Okay. I'm also really bummed about sorry Netflix uh, canceling Glow like that yes, just needs I was to be about to say that now that and awesome. Teenage Bounty Hunters I'm really upset yeah. about that cancellation too because yes. Glow could have easily had gotten just a final season which what they were gonna do anyway right like that they, they were they were greenlit for a final season and yeah. then just they I mean I get it Glow is a very close contact touch oriented yes. show and during this pandemic. It's a little worrisome, but you could have just said, "Hey, Glow's not going to come out for another year and a half." Right, right. and also yeah, we they could have waited. Also, what they could have done, I'm a big wrestling fan, and they could have did what the WWE is doing now and just doing more theatrical matches where you can film it in a certain way where no one's really touching anybody. Like, there's ways to get around that, and for the most part, they were getting away from the wrestling aspect of the show anyway by the end of season three, if I'm not mistaken. Like, 
it was more so of the drama going on instead of the action in the ring. So they could have easily have given him that final season, even pushed it out a little bit later. Nobody would have minded if we if you got away. We all kind of know what's going on. I mean, there is that campaign right now, hoping that maybe they just turn that final season into one movie. And you know, fingers crossed, Netflix does yeah. that because I I think they're listening. A lot of people are talking about this cancellation, and it's an ongoing conversation that's happened since the news came out several mm-hmm. weeks ago. So, I mean, About Netflix a couple is months smart. ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Netflix, they'll they'll do what's in their interest to make money. So, you know, yeah, ho- hopefully, you know, we get a final season of that because there's a lot of loose ends that need to be tied up in that show. Uh, like I was streaming <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give the, I'll give the mic back to you guys in a second. I just got to I just got to get this out. I was streaming a show called One on One. It starred Flex Alexander and Kyla Pratt. Uh, it's about a single oh, dad. Yes, a classic, classic show. Now, you have you seen the entire series? I have not. It ends. It just ends like out of nowhere. Like it just basically ends at a point where a normal episode, and it just never comes back on again. And like. It really needs a lot of resolution. And that was about like, I want to say almost a little bit more than 10 years ago when the show itself ended. So like all the actors and stuff are grown. They've got families now. They got children and stuff. But how the show ended was so disappointing. Same thing with Girlfriends. Uh, They didn't get a final episode. It's like, can that one happen when the writer's strike in 2008 happened? So like there's been a lot of fan push to like, get some kind of closure on these shows. And like, now was the time to do so, you know, and, and flex is a good friend of mine. And he's, he told me that we work out at the same gym, but, uh, and he, he <laughs> says hi, but, um, but he told me he has a script for this. He just waiting for the right people to like, kind of get that vehicle moving. And that's what a lot of shows. I mean, need. that's, that's the exciting thing about streaming services is that a lot of people are in that exact situation. And now right. they're having more opportunities to produce their content. I mean, look at, we're getting a, a fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot done as a drama. Like I don't see that happening. had we not had streaming services. Yeah. And that one looks kind of cool too, because like, they never really explained exactly why Will Smith was sent out of LA or anything like yeah. that. And they're giving it. I'm a actually really excited for that one. I think that has a potential to be really good. Actually. I, I don't think Will would be allowing the show to come back if they, there wasn't a solid approach behind it. Exactly. You know, and them not them playing it more for drama than comedy makes it yes. like even more of a solid series. It's like it grows up. Yes, Absolutely. Uh, I, I do want to to hark back to a, a recommendation from uh, earlier this year as well. The two shows that I like, I stand out for 2020 for me: Upload on Amazon okay. and The Great on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get enough of those shows. I keep rewatching them over and over, especially The Great on Hulu. And I feel like everyone's already forgotten about it. It would that was just such a great like farce for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a show that uh, Chelsea and I talked about together, and I was not looking forward to it. I was not interested. I did not care. And she was like, give it a shot. And she was right. So I, I want everyone to understand that you're going to look at it and go, you know, this isn't, this isn't for me. This yeah. isn't my type. Just give it a shot. You'll see. 
Which I, I went into was- it with the same mentality as Yale, and the the creator behind it even uh, did the uh, the favorite, right? You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was not a fan of the favorite. That film was did not hit any marks for me. I was so I went into this being like, I don't expect much, but I do love Nicholas Holt and uh, Gwilym okay. as well. And I was like, I thought it was, it was some great casting choices, and loved it. I was pleasantly surprised and glad I gave it a chance. It's funny because it reminds me of Teenage Bounty Hunters in that you look at that title and go, no, I'm, I'm not going to watch this. Why would I watch this? Yeah. Um, and it's also a show where you go, wait, this is actually wonderful and hilarious. Um, and Teenage Bounty Hunters was a canceled show on Netflix. It really got no attention from the network. Like Netflix did not promote it. No one knew that it happened. It was yeah. word of mouth only. Because and like then, when I heard of well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but when I heard of Teenage yeah, Bounty Hunter, it sounds like an anime. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it does. It, or or it could be like the the childish like cartoon version of the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Yeah, the- and it's not. It's surprisingly well done and interesting and engaging and then the finale is like the big twist and it's such a cliffhanger and it and was now we're never made. going to have the answers to that insane right. cliffhanger clearly made to have at least a second season um and it's a bummer that it didn't it would be like Julie and the Phantoms not getting a second season where like all of the ghosts start glowing at the end and no one really knows what it means and they're just like well Good luck. Sort of like when Lost ended and everyone was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) Also, speaking of shows that ended and people being like collectively saying, are you kidding me? Uh, Dexter's coming back, which is (laughs) a a great thing for me because Dexter being a lumberjack in the middle of the Midwest did nothing for me. (laughs) Did nothing for no one. Did nothing for, and I'm I'm speaking for everybody, did nothing for any of us like wait what he's th- so he just stopped serial killing and now he's a lumberjack <laughs> you know i mean i assume that the the revival or reboot or whatever we want to call it the return to dexter yeah. i assume it's gonna be you know a year later he can't just be a lumberjack and has started murdering again right Great, now we keep going or it's just the most boring show about him chopping wood in the forest like right <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like it's like the the early pandemic videos where everybody's learning new skills and he's just teaching people <laughs> on YouTube how to how to chop down trees and stuff. He's like <laughs> or it, it sort of reminds me of that episode of uh the the world of calm on HBO Max. They have one where there's just a guy out in the in the woods like he lives somewhere in the middle of nowhere. There's no stores, there's no other people around. And it just he chops down a tree and he cuts it and he shaves it and he yeah. molds it and cures it and and it's just 30 minutes of watching this guy do woodworking. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like it's just like Dexter just giving narration on how he's cutting the trees and tonight's the night. I'm like, oh come on, dude. No, I need you to <laughs> wrap tonight's somebody the night up. That I cut down the second tree. Tonight's the night that I cut down that second sequoia. I'm like, dude, you are like not doing anything for us right now. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're making me want a ser- serial kill. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like now it's like everybody. Oh, or they go like some weird route like they did with uh what the, the new Watchmen series uh new the most recent Watchmen series and like there's like this cult dedicated to Dexter's work and like there's a shortage on saran wrap and stuff and just, <laughs> <laughs> a 
Like people are just I like that. I would watch that. I just made that up. And if anybody steals my idea, I'm coming after you for my money because that that now it's funny now. Um <laughs> speaking of like other like other like revamped shows, did you guys watch did you guys watch Watchmen? Did you guys watch uh Hunters was a good one too. That was like I think that was pre-pandemic oh, yeah. when Hunters, Hunters was, was intense. Hunters was yeah. Hunters was last year, I think. Was it last like, year? Last, uh, I I last went decade? I went to an event for it at the end of last year, so it was very okay. close to the beginning of this year. Because I I like, feel like I watched it over the holidays. Yeah, so. time is such a joke now that I can't even remember when I did certain things. Like, but Hunter twenty twenty feels like it was at least two decades long. Like I can't remember twenty nineteen anymore. Like I, no. it's a weird feeling. Like, I can't remember anything that happened pre-April or pre-March, honestly. And, like, when people say, hey, this happened in January. I'd be like, January was a thing this year? Because it's been, oh, yeah. like... <laughs> I keep is- having memories of, like, an event that I attended in January. And I was like, that was only this year? Right. <laughs> so, like, hunt- so Hunters, we're we're in agreement that Hunters came out last year and not this year? Okay. Uh- I... I, I- <laughs> I actually feel like it came out in February. There was just a lot of stuff in Hollywood uh, yeah. towards the end of the year for it. Yeah, because like where I live in LA, I saw I live uh, I work close to Sony, so I saw all of the posters and stuff on my way to work. So I, I can't remember exactly what month that was, and they always all the Sony and Amazon shows have this February one twenty first, twenty twenty. I just I was just it. about to say I pulled really? it. Up. I was right in February. I called <laughs> it. Because right. like yeah, so Amazon has like this billboard block like for all their shows on like Venice close to Culver City. And you you can tell which shows are coming out for Amazon just going down this one block. And when Hunters came out and then I started watching it, I was like, oh wow, that'd be really cool if you know there were Jewish Jewish Holocaust survivors that actually hunted Nazis. Then I looked it up and found out that that was actually a thing that still oh, occurs. Wait, no, <laughs> I've got a better story for you about that. Yeah. During this pandemic, I I went down a rabbit hole of like I'm gonna like study genealogy and my family tree because I don't know anything about my family history. Mm-hmm. And uh, I my dad gave me a couple of key places to start because he didn't really know much, and I started digging through myheritagedna.com. Right. And found out from my dad and then a whole bunch of newspaper articles available on my heritage that my uncle Todd was one of those guys out there in America in the 70s trying to kill Nazis. Oh, wow. And was actually thrown in jail for it. And like this whole like he ran away to Israel trying to like escape jail time. Uh, but he actually threw a, a uh, 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 what is it? A Mazeltov cocktail? Is that what they're called? What was the word I'm looking for? Molotov. There we go. I was like, yeah, this you is just, not the right you word. Just, you just made it incredibly uncomfortable when you say it's a Mazeltov cocktail. But like, okay. Yeah, that- <laughs> yeah it's, it's all right. I'm Jewish. It's fine. Hey, it's um, cool. Anyway, but like, so he actually threw one of those in the car outside of the home of one of these guys. Oh, and wow. I, I, I Googled the name and he ends up, it was like one of the biggest like Holocaust Jewish murderers that existed that he was going after in Long Beach. And this guy, like, there was a whole, uh, like, Wikipedia page, I don't remember the guy's name, that he had killed something like 600,000 Jews. And I was just like, holy shit, my uncle was a badass. So your uncle, like, was, so your uncle was basically a superhero and just, yeah. like, 
So your uncle was Daredevil. Yeah, like, I, I just had, I had no idea. Like, I, like hunters had just come out like four months before this, and I was like, uh-huh. so this is a real thing that happened. And then yeah. I was like, my uncle was part of that. Yeah, that was surreal. Yeah, because like, and and that's one of those cool things about history. Like when you look up stuff, like, oh, that's a great concept. I wonder where people got it from. Oh, it really happened. Okay, well, why wasn't there so much news about this? Why didn't I know about this? And and that and that's I what think I, what's interesting. Go ahead. No, go I was going to say, I think what's interesting is um, the, you know, hunters allowed a lot of people to look into this history of Nazi hunters, which um, yes. is a thing. And it also, you know, if you look back at uh, Watchmen, the new one, which taught a lot of people about things that they were not aware yep. of, like the Tulsa Oklahoma. massacre. So it's, yeah. So it's really interesting how these shows are, are, you know, sci-fi or fantastical and, and they're literally going, we're going to teach you history that you somehow don't know. And it's, I think, wonderful because, you know, I was raised in the U.S. and therefore have a U.S. education. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it at that. Take it how you will. I got one, too. And yay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, and, and another thing is like with shows like that. Uh, uh, they give you kind of the tools to kind of figure out stuff on your own. Like uh, I had Mm -hmm. just gotten hired to host a conspiracy theory show and I was watching hunters one night and they brought up operation paperclip and I'm like, huh, what's that about? And I've read that I read up on that. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, it seems like we didn't really join world. We as in the United States didn't join world war two to stop injustices no they just did it just to bring some scientists over and help out with their own stuff and those scientists killed a lot of people and and i don't i don't i can't remember what episode it was so if i spoil this for you chelsea i'm sorry but there's an episode in the boys where stormfront says he's like you know what a lot of people agree what we're doing they just don't like the word nazi and that's one of the deepest things I've ever heard on television. Yeah. 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 I, it's crazy. I mean, not to get political, but like that's, you know, a lot of times when you talk about the current situation that we're in, a lot of people agree with the arguments, but don't like the word racist. Yeah. They, that's, that's a, that's a huge thing. Like, you know, people are people are cool with one thing, but un- unless you word it a certain way, you know, uh, we're learning a lot about that. It, it, it seems like every time there's an election, we learn exactly who really thinks what, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's funny. I, j- I just pulled up because I had saved it to my computer the the article about my uncle and stuff, and then looked up the the Nazi that he was going after. I should clarify and say that he didn't kill him, that he just threw the firebomb and, and oh, like okay. got away with it. I was like, but the fact that he was going after it, I was just like, wow, that's like a take action kind of moment of like, you know, I, 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 it was just something that I just was really impressed by for some reason. Not mm-hmm. that it's an impressive thing. And I don't encourage acts of violence uh, like this in general. I was like, but to be that outraged and stand up for, what you believe in was kind of a beautiful sentiment, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and so, but anyway, so I just looked up the, the Nazi that he went after who was actually charged for all of the civilians that he mass murdered and mistreated and sentenced to death. But his sentence was not carried out due to his age and health. So there's the sad part of that story. 
All right. Well, let's 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 get back to some some happier things. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get to happier nerdier let's, things. Let's talk about to, let, and, and which which again, all the nerdy stuff that we do talk about doesn't have to be all happy. It's all nerdy stuff, but <laughs> let, let, let's get back to some lighter things. Um so uh with so I can't ask that question. We can and, and don't worry, we we're editing stuff out as we go. Um trying to figure out because i can't ask y'all about shows that y'all watching that we can't talk about because we all got those um <laughs> what movies what okay what movies like have come out during the whole pandemic and stuff that's come out that you guys have enjoyed like i know movies the coming trial out Trial of the chicago seven i haven't seen that yet i haven't seen that yet oh and- it's great I can't stop watching it. It is amazing. It will it will win awards. It's another one that's based on a historical event yes. um, that people probably didn't know about. Uh, so and it's timely AF. So like it's it's really good. I think uh, everyone should be watching it. I know that it's it's heavy. Um, so if you you got to be like in the mood to sit down. I think. All right, yeah. So and like, and I'm from Chicago, so I, I knew about that story. Oh, Town, uh, what up? Uh, are you from Chicago too? <laughs> I went to college in Chicago. Oh, okay. Which one? Uh, Columbia College, Chicago. Lived oh, in Wrigleyville. Oh, dope. My mom lives down the street from Wrigleyville. So, oh, nice. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I'm from Chicago, so I knew that story and stuff. Uh, the thing from Watchmen with Tulsa, Oklahoma. Grew up knowing about that. It's actually coded in a lot of different songs from like a lot of old bands, like the Gap Band, who from T- Tulsa. Uh, the song "Dropped the Bomb on Me" was about the Tulsa bombings. Uh, it's a real groovy song too. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, anything other than that? Try the Chicago Seven. Um, what else we watching? I found I found um, a, a new Halloween favorite um, with a babysitter's guide to monster hunting uh-huh. um, that apparently is based on a book series that I am too old to read, um, <laughs> and I'm I'm too old to be watching this movie. But it wasn't scary, which I liked, and I feel like you know it's a fun um, beginning to a series, and it's definitely there's a mythology that's coming. So I really like that one over on Netflix. Nice. Uh, in terms of like a, it's not necessarily like award worthy or anything mind blowing, but I just enjoyed it. It's sort of like a, a Kingsman meets Princess Diaries feel, but the Secret Society of Second Born Royals on Disney Plus, I also enjoyed. That's yeah, nice. that That's... one I love too. Um, we really like kids stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it in mine too because I just recently watched a kid movie too uh halloween just passed uh my wife and i both uh big wusses when it comes to scary movies like if we watch the scary movies the lights are on it's daytime and stuff uh but we did <laughs> watch this one kind of halloweenish movies on hbo max of the remake of roll dolls the witches oh yes, yes. watch that because i i watched the original when i was a kid it was that was one of the first kid movies to come on hbo and I remember my sisters and I would watch that. Angelica Houston was like the head witch in that. And now um, I think it was Anne Hathaway. Who was, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then Chris Rock did the narration, which was awesome. And they, they put a different twist on it. So I really enjoyed that Like as a kid movie. I was, really loved Octavia Spencer in that too. Yes. Yes. She was, she was awesome in that. And then 
something happened to her at the end where I was like, hey, wait, that doesn't make too much sense. But I rolled with it anyway because, you know, movie. Um, (laughs) And then I really... I I honestly love what they did with that one. I think it was such an interesting way to do it. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't... It was a happy ending, but not as happy (laughs) as you would want it to be, you know? Right. Without giving it too far away. And then my wife and I, we also watched the original... uh, nightmare on elm street series which oh yeah which more funny than it is scary <laughs> just to tell you that now because when you watch a 36 year old movie it's absolutely hilarious with the practical effects and stuff that they use so and then freddie's lines and all those movies are just just hilarious to well me. if we want to go for the cheese ball factor uh, when all of the movies were starting to do premium video on demand at the beginning of the pandemic, uh-huh. I I grabbed Valley Girl. Oh. I really liked Valley Girl. <laughs> like no one, no one cared about that movie. No one talked about it. I liked it so much. I watched it four times on my rental before it was gone. Oh, wow. And then I drove to a drive-in theater to go watch it on a big screen. <laughs> wow. wow! Wait, you found Valley Girl playing at a drive-in theater? That, oh I mean, yeah, that's Mission Tiki. <laughs> yeah actually it was even a better story too because i was on instagram uh i follow one of the actors in the film i loved him in uh the night before christmas on netflix last year Uh and uh so he's one of the leads in valley girl and he posted uh stories about him at a drive-in for like the opening night of the movie and i looked at the i was like josh is in la right now that means that drive-in has to be somewhere around right, here. Right, right. And I spent 30 minutes on Google figuring it out, <laughs> and I found the exact theater, and I was like, I'm going tonight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, I, I had no idea that drive-in theaters was still a thing until this year came around, too. Same. Like, and now I've like, been to something like 100 drive-in movies with since April, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. I love it. Now, one movie, and I and I hope you, I hope y'all saw it too. One movie that I was excited about, and like how they released it, because I think they knew that it wasn't going to have a huge box office release anyway, even if movie theaters were still open. But Bill and Ted Face the Music was ah. pretty awesome. And this, is, I was it, really disappointed in it. Really, I had really, really high hopes for that movie. I think, but I also just, uh I'm not a big fan of Keanu Reeves, except for okay. when he plays Ted Theodore Logan. Exactly. I was like, so I was super excited for him to do this role again. And then I felt like he phoned it in. You it, know, it, like it, it feels like it, he did. And my thing is with the Bill and Ted movies, one, I don't expect too much because I know what I'm in for. And Alex Winter is what was my favorite out of that. Yeah, Alex was great. Dude. Alex was great, but like, also, what else has he been doing besides a bunch of documentaries? Like, he was stoked to be back in this, you right. know. He was like, "Oh, um, okay, great. I'm I'm back in a movie playing a character I can do in my sleep." Yep, <laughs> I was like, but I just I felt very like bleh about uh, Ted, which was really upsetting. Plus, I was very confused what wardrobe was thinking. Like, it was okay. very much a grown okay. up. I've matured, Ted. Yeah. Which is not the vibe they were going for because he's still in a band figuring life out with Bill. So I was like, why is Bill still dressing like he did 20 years ago, but Ted's <laughs> looking like a Gap commercial? Bill, Bill completely peaked in high school and while Ted is like trying hard to dress like what he thinks a dad should dress like. Uh, right? 
I think what I liked the most about it was all the nods to the previous movies, like like how they explain how Missy got married to Ted's little brother. Oh my god! And like his complicated relation, her complicated relationship. So all it like how how Missy just gets passed around between Bill's family and Ted's family. Yeah. My goodness! And how like Duncan was now his own stepfather. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was one of the like because I don't watch a Bill and Ted movie for the story. Let, let's just get that out of the way now. I'm not like sitting there with a tuxedo and a monocle like this is prime time theater. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all i'm like all right you know what i'm gonna watch this and feel good about it. it was one of the most nostalgic moments that i had felt because bill and ted was my childhood honestly like I, I oh it was the, totally my childhood i, I, I will cartoon. say the moment that got me the most was when they're in the future and they visit a phone booth as if it's oh, like yeah. a museum piece yeah yeah and Ruf- rufus and rufus is in there as a hologram mm-hmm. i was so happy that they gave some love to george carlin it really made me happy that made me extremely happy but and then like um his daughter's character it didn't match the whole feeling of it you know like his like rufus's daughter uh whose name escapes me right now um Kristen Shaw, is that it? Yep. Yes, this. Yep. Yeah. And like her playing Rufus's daughter, which was fine, but I'm like, hmm, can we give her some traits from her from her parents or something? One or right. the other, like to make me feel like, oh yeah, this is totally Rufus's daughter instead of just somebody who's saying, hey, I'm Rufus's daughter. Except, I it. mean, I felt yeah. like she had Rufus's optimism that Bill and Ted were yeah. like the saviors that something was going to figure out. Right. Like she was like, my father believed in them, so I do, kind of thing. Like I got that from her. Okay, yeah, I I, I can feel you on that one too. Uh, so we're we're kind of meeting in the middle on Bill and Ted. You were disappointed. I was like, I accepted it for what it was. It was kind of like the Turtles three of things. I just accepted yeah. for what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I just I, I think I went into it with my expectations a little too high. That was all. Ah, well, there you go. That, and that and that 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 happens a lot too because um, it was something I went in with really really high expectations and I just yeah. walked out like. Uh, uh, it's X-Men. sort of like my my expectations for coming to America too. I cannot wait for that sequel. I've been waiting for that to happen for twenty something years. But well, uh, like, I kind of feel like I might get disappointed, and I'm trying to reel it in. L- listen, let me let me just be the representative of the black community here, real quick. Um, coming to America too is not going to be anywhere close to the first coming to America at all. <laughs> and people just need to just pump the brakes and just back on up. And just accept it for what it's going to be. If you want to see a really good coming to America movie that has a beginning, middle, and definitive end, just watch the original. Because that second one is not going to touch that first one at all. (laughs) I don't expect it to touch it, but I'm just excited to see where the characters are now. And and I, I just, from what I understand from the story that they're going from it, it just does not match what happens in the first movie. Like, so I'm the, I'm 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 gonna watch it. Of course, I'm gonna watch it, but I have absolutely no expectations from it. Which means it could probably be absolutely hilarious. Uh, it might be one of my favorite movies ever. Like one movie I had absolutely no expectations on, which is to this day one of my favorite movies ever. Dude, where's my car? Was <laughs> yep. okay. 
The title right. of the movie. The title of the movie is a question, but that movie did not take itself seriously. It had a beginning, middle, and end. And it's honestly, true. I, I do miss that uh, that definitive storyline that we yeah, don't seem to get from yeah. a lot of movies anymore. Uh, I'm just kind of hoping that coming to America, that we can see whatever happened to Randy Watson and sexual chocolate. Look. You give me a story about Randy Watson, I'm in on that. See, you you just won me back. I, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So if we can get Randy Watson and Sexual Chocolate getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I would die. Like, straight up. That would be the funniest part of the movie right there. And he'd still have a Jerry curl. That'd be the funniest part. Yes, he absolutely would. And he would still be using Soul Glow. Now, Soul Glow, the song from Soul Glow is literally my text message alert. That's not, amazing. I'm not kidding. That is, that is literally my text message alert. Oh my God. I, I so I like I just want your number now just to text you to hear it. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I just play it. I just go to the sounds and haptics options and just play it just because I want to hear it. Because it makes me feel good. Oh, as a it's so good. So good. <laughs> but yeah. Speaking of sequels mm-hmm. uh, that were not expected to be good, um, I want to talk about Borat subsequent movie. Listen, film. now that movie, I, I watched it. I watched it when it came out last week uh, from the time that we're recording mm-hmm. this. And yeah, it was it was exactly what and it was very smart how they did Borat, too, because everybody knows who he is. So he took the focus off of himself, you know? Yeah. I was really surprised at how much I liked it. Um, because I, when I think about the jokes that I liked in the first one, I think about the fact that I was young and stupid and learned and grown and no longer find those jokes funny. And so I was very worried that this movie was going to not be funny um, and rely on the same old stuff. And honestly, I think that they they grew with the times as well, and they progressed. And it was so well done. And the word to use "smart" to describe it is so odd, right? But but yeah, it was smart. It was a very smart film, and the way that they chose to tell the story, and like you said, you know, push the the focus onto something else. Um, I also like have so many questions. Um, like I want to understand the situation with the two guys who took him in. Like I want, I want to understand how that came to be. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to understand so much about how that film came to be. I mean, we, we've both talked about it, Yale and me. I am not the biggest fan of this character or even of the second movie. But what I am appreciative of is the political undertone, undertones, the the statement that's being made, the undercover investigative journalism approach that he did to doing this like guerrilla style mm-hmm. uh, just to make the statement that he's making. Uh, like if you didn't know all the work of how this was shot and when it was shot, I would, this movie is very just like, it's not for me. But knowing all of that, and the more I learn about it, the more I'm just like, mad respect to Sasha Baron Cohen. Absolutely. I honestly, um, the trailers for this movie had clips that aren't in it. Yeah. And I'm so glad because all of the stuff in the trailers, I went, I don't want to see this. The whole thing about her sitting on top of the car and him getting pulled over, I went, I don't care about that. No, not at um, all. And then it wasn't in the movie. 
which movie trailers do that a lot. I think it was so good. What I like most mm-hmm. about Sasha Baron Cohen, and just a testament to his genius, is he has this quality about himself that he can get people to be exactly who they are in front of him. Like, no one hides their, their bu- no one hides behind their bullshit around Sasha Baron Cohen. You, know, you can say in like the first Borat when he went to the rodeo, and then this one he goes to like that one, uh, it was a rally, right? Where, mm-hmm. where he was talking about locking everybody up and stuff. He has yep. this quality where he can just, people are just super comfortable around him, even though there's clearly something wrong, you know? Yeah, I've the only, my only, I guess, qualm with it is if you've seen him in anything other than Borat mm-hmm. and Bruno, um, anything else, he has very, very specific mannerisms. Yes. Like as much as he does different prosthetics and looks like a completely different person, he has these very specific mannerisms that if I were in this situation looking at this person who doesn't look like Sasha Baron Cohen, right. and I noticed this, I'd go, yeah, I don't think this is a real person. Exactly. Like in the dick. Just dick- tells you these people don't watch enough content. That's the thing. Yeah. When people don't, that's the problem when people get stuck in their own echo chambers. Like they don't get out and see everything else going around. You're easily fooled by something. You know, if it, if it goes against whatever it is that you're watching or listening to or anything like that, because Sometimes, like, I, I'm not saying that I couldn't be fooled by Sasha Baron Cohen. However, I'm also not his target to fool, you know? So, you know. That's it, understandable. Yeah. I mean, I, I also see those mannerisms play in The Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, mm-hmm. where he's absolutely, to me, the the breakout star of that movie. Right. And I wish I wish he would have, um, they would have gone forward with him. Not to say that... Um, Rami as uh, Freddie Mercury was a bad thing. I really no. Don't say it. Just don't say what you're about to say. Don't no, do it. It's <laughs> it's it's not it's not that it's it, it'd just be a different movie if I would have saw Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury. I'm still kind of interested in how that would turn out. You know. Okay, everybody got. I, quiet I had, to, I had to take a moment of silence. Sorry. Yeah, everybody, everybody got quiet when Chelsea I said thoughts on that. We're gonna. We're going to leave Chelsea's thoughts out. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, and I'm a huge Queen I, fan. I, let's just say this. I'm very passionate about Queen. I, I come from the music industry and Queen oh, is my life. No, Queen is my jam too. And like my only problem with Bohemian Rhapsody, my only problem, I swear to God, this is my only problem with it, is that they treated the song I'm in love with my car like it was a cancer. And that song fucking slapped, okay? <laughs> that was a hilarious moment in the movie, was, though. That was, was really funny. It was funny, but then people were looking at me as I'm blasting I'm in love with my car like I'm crazy. I'm like, first of all, you didn't know about this song until a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, it that it, it, I mean I completely get that it's it's a fair comment, but also like if you knew those guys at all, uh, which I'm fortunate to know the the living members of Queen, like that's totally their style. Like it was that was yeah. such a little spot on like gem uh, that I really appreciated. And it, it I mean that movie along with Rocket Man were some of my favorite movies of the last oh, two years. Rocket Man was my shit too. Like I I, I absolutely love Rocket Man because again I'm a huge fan of Elton John too. And yes. Rocket, I, I cried several times during Rocket Man because I was like, oh, okay, cool. I like this song. I like this. I like how this is going. And 
Taron Edgerton was just incredible yes, in that role. Yes. He is such an underrated star, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. Like, he is amazing. Like, when I saw, like, Kingsman, Kingsman was great. Kingsman 2 was, yep. you know, a movie. And it was, it, watching him, he was Elton John in that movie. Yeah. I imagine Kingsman 2 is when they decided that Elton met him and was like, ooh, we should talk. That's what I've decided yeah, happened. I think That's that might the have only been thing it. we can thank Kingman too for. We can be like, thank you for bringing them together. It, it's actually a really interesting moment because all three films have the same like production behind them and the same producer. Yeah. Um. And and so they wanted Elton in the first Kingsman movie. And Elton was like, I don't do that. That's not something that I'm interested in. <laughs> and then he saw the movie and was like, I regret everything right. that so, I, I decided so on this. He really wished a, he could be on it. So and then he never told two, anyone right? that. And they, <laughs> he literally never told anyone that. And then they just decided to ask him again for the second one. And he was like, oh, my God, yes. Uh, and, I, and that's such a brilliant moment in Kingsman. It's just hilarious. But yeah, Elton John is like... It, that movie, Rocket Man, was awesome. I, my only problem with that is that I didn't see it in theaters. I'm mad at myself. Oh. For not, I'm so angry at myself for not seeing it in I theaters. saw it on the big screen 12 times. 12? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. That movie, that movie like, I'll, I'll say it. I've said it on Instagram a bunch. It saved my life last year. I was having a really tough year last year. And that movie was so relatable to me uh, coming from the music industry myself that it kept me holding on. That's how powerful Taryn's performance was for me. Like, that movie was just, it, it was amazing. The the musical arrangements, what Dexter Flex, uh, Fletcher did in his vision, how Elton was part of it but completely stayed out of it, like, it's it's amazing. And then speaking of Elton John, can we just take a moment to say that Barbie is releasing an Elton John Barbie and I need it. I've never needed a Barbie in my life and I totally need it. All right. For everybody listening. I did not know that. For everybody listening, Chelsea needs an Elton John Barbie when it releases. Yep. Send it to her. You're going to get a flood of yep. Elton John it's, Barbie. It's, it's my Christmas wish. If anybody's looking to get me a Christmas yep. gift. There, you there go. we go. Now, also, I just want to put in a note for Monica for this. Uh, right when Chelsea says that that movie saved her life, I want you to play the song Someone Saved My Life Tonight life by tonight. John. Um, yes, and play it right at that moment, like the the, the last breakdown part. The someone saved, someone saved someone that saved part. Someone saved my life. There, yeah. there we go. <laughs> so good. Right. Now, uh, okay, qu- quickly, Aaron. Favorite Elton John song, go shit uh quickly um okay i got three i got three uh yeah. daniel uh someone saved oh. my life yeah someone saved my life tonight and um don't let the sun go down on me featuring george michael nice nice mona lisa's and med hatters for me damn it that one too shit yes <laughs> yes yes i knew i was gonna forget something that one i cry every time that i sing that one Yep, me too. Yeah, the the entire Honky Chateau album is the shit. Oh, uh, so good! It's so good. Yes. Yale, are are you a big Elton fan at all? I don't even know. Um, no. What I realized during that movie was how little I know his catalog. Um, because as songs played, I went, "Oh, I didn't know that was his." Oh, oh I didn't know that was his. Oh, I didn't know that was his. It happened the entire time. 
So you realized that you actually kind of were an Elton fan and you just never knew? Right. I realized that I was very familiar with his work and that I enjoyed it, um, but I had no clue that it was him. I'm also, I've realized like, I am an encyclopedia of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. I know TV inside and out. I know movies. Music is not my strong suit. Okay, hang on to that SVU knowledge real quick. Chelsea, I got a quick question for you and I'll answer it as well. Favorite Queen song, go. Oh my God. Uh, uh, All of them? Is that an answer? (laughs) Go. Um, I'll I'll give you five. We did three for Elton John. I'll give you five for this one. Okay. (laughs) Uh... Oh my god, there's so many that I love. No. Um somebody to love, first okay. of all, and I know that's a very cliche huge one, is feels like my personal theme song a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, when, when I when so I was I, when I was single, I played it a lot, don't worry. Uh a Stone Cold Crazy. Okay. Love that one. There's so much power and impact behind that. Uh I'm trying to like like I, I I don't even know which way to go. I'm like, do I go mainstream? Do I go deep cuts? Like, there's just you so got much three, to love you about got, Queen. You got three more, so make a choice. <laughs> uh, I think "Love of My Life" definitely makes me cry every single time. That's a really emotional one for me. Uh, I really love "Crazy Little Thing Called Love," uh, just really? because I it's such. I have like in my lifetime I've had at least 20 friends that thought that was an Elvis Presley song oh uh, you know what I've, I've I've come across that too yeah I was like and I'm like no it's Queen and I just enjoy having that little piece of trivia like it's just a fun little thing right I always equate that one Pauly Shore movie to that song which took it away from me a little bit uh son-in-law <laughs> oh yeah it plays at the I end of I completely forgot that that yep. was in son-in-law I didn't <laughs> you you sound very annoyed that it was in yeah well. i was like oh no someone needed money um and then okay for i guess we'll say fifth one uh tie your mother down okay all right so here are mine okay uh 39 okay uh spread your wings okay. um uh fight from the inside nice uh, Tenement Funster. Nice. You're going deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, the fifth one, I'm going to say um, Liar. Nice. Yep. Those are all great. I have one to add. Okay. The My one, I mean, I love them all. They're all great. But if I had to pick a favorite, it's Fat Bottom Girls. Ah, yeah. of course. Nice. Bicycle, too. I like- That's the one. Jazz hey, is bicycle's a good great. album. I, I want to I I Break Free is another one that I really love. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Princes of the Universe. I, I love that none of us said Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> That's so and I easy. love Bohemian Rhapsody. I love that song, but it's like, if you want to meet somebody truly annoying, go to any karaoke night and watch who picks Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. <laughs> also, like for me, Bohemian Rhapsody, the way that Bill and Ted was my childhood, Wayne's World was my childhood. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember being nine years old on a school bus singing Bohemian Rhapsody, and people are looking at this nine-year-old black child like, where in the hell? Did you hear that shit? And I was like, Wayne's yeah. <laughs> You know, the other thing that's crazy is so you brought up that that one song was in a Polly Shore movie. I just realized that Stone Cold Crazy is in Encino Man, which is another Polly Shore it movie. Is. Does yeah. Polly have some sort think, of like. I think Polly Shore is a queen fan. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think we might have just figured that out. I, oh my. <laughs> I just realized, I just thought about that. 
Huh. Yep. Polly Shore was also one of my first celebrity crushes. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now the thing I is, have so much judgment on that. No, no, not too much because, because I am some ways a Polly Shore fan. Like the movie um, uh, Biodome was absolutely fucking hilarious to me. Oh my god, yes, it was. And Polly Shore, I actually kind of enjoy, enjoyed Jury Duty as well. Jury Duty lie. was funny as hell too. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, in the Army now was funny too. But I don't know. But son-in-law, I just I could not get into it. There's one part of son-in-law that I quote like every time I put pajamas on. But Steven Tyler PJs. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but like, like, I don't know. Son-in-law was just the one that I just don't like at all. But like um, the and Paulie Shore was on top for a minute because he was just letting yeah, that movie like every Even couple when weeks. When he was the MTV VJ as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was the weasel. My favorite Paulie Shore movie, though, is not even a Paulie Shore movie, but he's in it. Uh, it's a goofy movie. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a great one. So, um. Let's see what 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 else. So we you were we, gonna we, say something about SVU for Yale. I was. Oh, okay. So SVU for Yale. Now, <laughs> yes. Thank you for thank you for bringing us back to that. Now, <laughs> I'm a huge SVU fan as well, and I, I talk to everybody else who's a fan of SVU about this. We all have this counseling mental health moment and stuff. But how did you cope with the John Stamos episode? How did I cope with the John yeah, Stamos episode? The John, that John, that's John Stamos episode was creepy. No, I know what episode. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. What did I need to cope with? Oh, man. I, I was SVU. just sitting there. Well, I, and it, it, that's what I hate about SVU. When they bring in celebrity guests, they're always the criminal somehow. And <laughs> That's not true. If a, if a celebrity guest is there, if they are not the victim... Oh. And they are not the lawyer. Okay. Then they are the criminal. There you go. Okay. But they there are three options. So the idea that everyone comes in with um, when they watch it and they go, oh, the most famous person there is definitely the the bad guy. Incorrect. Because they might be the victim and they might be the lawyer. If not, then yes, they are definitely the one who did it. See, now, now, now I, I, I feel just... like I don't have to watch any episode of SVU now. I've never seen one because Yale's just told me the, the three options and I understand every episode now. Yeah, no, yeah not, but not every episode not every is a episode celebrity guest. Because they didn't really start uh. bringing in celebrity guests till like much later on. Like, uh, but the John Stamos episode, that got me for a little bit. because I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Like he owned, didn't he own like, correct me if I'm wrong. He owned like a condom company and he was poking holes in them with women that he was dating. He did not. No, no, no. He did not own a condom company. Okay. He um, he was just a wealthy dude. Okay. And he was poking holes in the condoms because he was um, was a reproductive rapist. He wanted yeah. to make babies um, and not deal with them. He just wanted to make babies. Yeah, because he had like six, that was he had his like whole 40 deal. kids by the end of that episode or something. Yeah, and when Benson uh, did this, he says to her, he says, uh, were you trying to embarrass me? Because I love all my children. She goes, there's 40. And he goes, in the U.S.? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry I laughed yeah. at that part, but that was just, uh Because a lot yeah, of- uh, it's a fantastic episode. It, it is, and and I, love, I love SVU because, one, I'm a huge Ice-T fan. Uh, both as an actor mm-hmm. and as a musician and stuff, and I just like his evolution on the show. Um, I haven't, yeah. I haven't been watching recently. I think I'm like maybe like four seasons behind. But 
isn't Ice T like now like the lead detective in SVU now? Am I am I correct on that? Um, he's been promoted to sergeant. Oh. Um, Benson is still there. As of season twenty one, she became captain, um, and he is her second in command. Oh, dope, dope. So, uh, so for those who are trying to get into SVU, um, tell us where can we jump in? Where, where can somebody jump in? Oh. It's great that you asked that. Mm-hmm. SVU is a procedural where every almost every episode is uh, completely <laughs> self-contained. You can jump in literally any episode between season one and season 14. Um, I will say that because after 14, they do have episodes that start to connect. Yeah. Um, they do start to I'm like sorry, bring characters I'm sorry, there's more back. than 14 seasons of this show? It's like 20 I'm something. Sorry, season 22. Yeah, it's 22. 22 starts next week. Wow. Yeah. Um, I also do a show about SVU and um, like I said, an encyclopedia of SVU knowledge. This show, uh, not only are a few episodes available on Netflix, but the entire thing is available on Hulu and I believe also Peacock. <laughs> Another reason. So we found one other thing to like one about other Peacock. Thing on Peacock. When they announced Peacock, I said, if they become the only place to watch SVU, that's why they'll get my money. Oh. Well, you heard it, Peacock. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, SVU is available everywhere, and I still have cable, so. Nice. Now, because, like, when I got got into SVU, uh, I think on my my 22nd, the day after my 22nd birthday. My birthday is New Year's Eve, so you can understand why I say the day after. Completely hungover, and literally nothing else is on but an SVU marathon. And I literally sat there and Every year. I watched 19 hours of SVU and I was like, oh my goodness, this show is like fucking phenomenal. I got to keep watching this. And that became my win. So for the first, the first like 17 years, I want to say January 1st, there was an SVU marathon on USA Network Uh every year. It's crazy. (laughs) And without fail. And it's like, you'll watch it and be like, huh, this is this is an amazing show and it's well acted and the whole ice tea storyline with his uh his stepson uh who was played by Ludacris, and that whole series finale where they get um ah who was benson's old partner uh stabler thank you yes stabler his last episode where he had got his daughter off. Oh, yeah. he used the power of white privilege to get his daughter's drunk driving record expunged and honestly that ludicrous arc was incredible it was awesome i that, forgot that, about it that and i rewatched it ludicrous is so good yeah he's amazing people don't give ludicrous enough credit as an actor he is uh, an amazing actor when you give him the right kind of script and the right kind of motivation forget what you see in the uh, fast and the furious series watch ludicrous's acting work in law and order svu and uh, to a lesser extent, if you got the time and the mental energy to watch it, watch Crash. He's really good in that, too. Yeah. Not a huge fan of Crash. Uh, but let's go ahead and land this ship. I had a great time talking with y'all today. Can you, and, 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 I'm, and I'm sure that other people listening will want to watch you guys' show as well. Uh, can you guys tell us where to find you? Absolutely. Uh, Streaming Wars is available on that hashtag show's YouTube channel. 
on IGTV and on Facebook. Our episodes drop every Saturday. And sometimes we have little bonus content episodes in between. Like we're launching a uh, Chelsea's Holiday Corner section oh. that'll happen every week for now through the end of the year because I am obsessed with all things Chrismica. <laughs> yes. And where can we find you guys? Like, if, say, if somebody wanted to follow you guys on Twitter or anything, where can we find you? I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. If you want to talk about SVU, I talk about it every Sunday on Fanversation on Law & Order S Review. Um, that's also <laughs> available in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts. I also do a show called Superhero Lady Hour where we talk everything superheroes, also on Fanversation. Um, and I'm on Twitch. If you like watching people uh, be very bad at video games, come watch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash yelteagle. I'm terrible at it and don't know what I'm doing. So please join me there. And if you want to find me, I'm Uncool Rockstar uh, on any social media platform. And uh, but specifically, my nerdy outlet is on Instagram, where I co-run a an account with one of my really good friends, Tiffany, called Sprinkled by Magic, just like it sounds sprinkled in past tense by magic. And we post about everything in pop culture. So that's a great place to find and connect with me online. Otherwise, if you want to hear more of my like normal rantings about anything from politics to nerd content, whatever, Uncool Rockstar on Twitter is a great outlook for me. Thank you guys both for being on the show. I know we had uh, some time getting everything straightened up. I'm glad it worked out because I enjoyed this conversation we had today. Yeah, Learned this has a- been great. Anytime this- you want us back, Aaron, I'm down to like we could do a full music hour if you want. <laughs> hey, you know what? We we might have to make that happen because like this, I, I hate having to limit my favorite Queen songs to five. That that's that broke my heart, and I'm going to reflect on that a lot today. But. Um, but yeah, we, we the totally... fact that I got put on the spot and was immediately just like, wait, I have to pick five. I like I was just yeah. like, whatever comes to my head. That's what I'm saying. That's that, that's exactly what happened with me, because like when we did the Elton John one and you said Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter, I was like, fuck, you know, I'm like, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So that's what happens. And, and please don't ever ask me to do that with Prince. Prince is my ultimate artist and Ooh, yeah even i cosplay as prince I, I love it so much but like i i can't i'm gonna need to see those photos please send them to me i'll, I'll <laughs> i got you no problem i'll send I'll, I'll tweet it out to you and please also tell me that you're working on a randy watson cosplay uh, cosplay because I, I, I really really want to did you ever see the movie uh barry gordy's the last dragon oh yeah I'm working on show enough. That's going to be my next little nice. project. Because uh, my hair is a lot longer now. So I, I think I can make this work out. Um, and the actor who plays show enough. I just I just realized this. Uh, if you guys back to Boy Meets World. He played Angela's father. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. That's the, the most ra- I go on these rabbit holes and stuff when I'm on the Internet. So that and that's the stuff that I find out. One day I just woke up one day and I was like, does Jaleel White have children? And I found out so much other stuff that from from just that one question. Um, and that's for another episode. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. I want to thank everybody who tuned in today, especially our guests. Uh, Yale Teagle and Chelsea Schwartz uh, for being here with us today. If you guys, oh, I'm sorry, 
just Chelsea because Chelsea just prefers one name because, you know, she's she's like Prince and Seal. She only needs one name. And you just know exactly, <laughs> exactly who I she mean, is. I, I actually love my last name, too. You could just call me Schwartz, you know, because may the Schwartz be with you. There you go. <laughs> like yeah see and also seal another one of my favorite artists and i actually got to meet him one of the nicest tallest men i've ever met in my life but uh, uh but just want to thank y'all for being with us uh if you guys got any questions or comments feel free to hit us up on facebook or twitter using the handle temple of geek if you guys want to check out any more of our episodes or any of our other shows head over to templeofgeek.com where you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.